We start in Bangladesh, where thousands of refugees have seen their homes destroyed or damaged by a powerful cyclone. The weather system hit land on Sunday, narrowly avoiding a direct hit on the world's largest refugee camp in Cox's Bazar. The refugees were forced to see out the storm in their flimsy shelters. Aid agencies say a nightmare situation was just averted. But that serves as a reminder of the vulnerability of almost a million Rohingya refugees. In a moment, we'll have an exclusive interview with Bangladesh's Prime Minister Sheikh Hasina. But first, earlier this month, the BBC was given special access to the camp. Our South Asia correspondent, Regini Vaidyanathan, and her team report now on the story of Anwar, a five-year-old boy who has only known life in the camps. Born as his mother ran for her life. Anwar Sadiq was just hours old when the BBC met them in a refugee camp. When my baby used to kick me in my womb, I used to think that I would bring him to a beautiful and peaceful world. But that was 2017. So what became of baby Anwar? He was one in a million in the world's largest refugee camp in Bangladesh. Home to Rohingya families who'd fled violence in Myanmar. Five years on, we went in search of him through a maze of tiny lanes. Okay, this is the Anwar shelter, this one. Okay, let's see. We found a wide-eyed, yet shy, little boy. Anwar has two sisters. This one room, their family home. No windows for air, no toys to play with, barely any clothes. It's a miserable existence. I want him to live like other children. I want him to be educated, have clean clothes, and eat proper food. But I can't, because I don't have anything. Anwar's is a fragile existence. Living in squalor, he's sick all the time. In March, he nearly died of pneumonia. Not too far from where Anwar lives. There's very little space to move here, with row after row of bamboo shelter crammed into this space. It's also hot and humid, so it's impossible to overstate just how claustrophobic these living conditions are. This is the tale of half a million children, a generation robbed of their rights and of an education. There are no formal schools inside the camps. For a couple of hours a day, Anwar visits a makeshift classroom, supported by the UN. Here, he gets basic lessons. Every child in this room is a refugee. But Bangladesh's government doesn't allow them to be taught the local curriculum or language. Having hosted Rohingya refugees for years, it wants them to return to Myanmar, the country run by the very army their parents fled in fear. Rohingya refugees rely on monthly food vouchers from the UN to survive. Mohsen has already run out. 
What can I feed them? I don't have anything. I'll have to borrow from others. So that's all the rice? From next month, the money she gets is being cut again. She'll have to feed her family on just six pounds each. The world promised it wouldn't forget babies like Anwar when this crisis began. But as he's grown, the help these children are getting has fallen. Anwar's future was never going to be easy. But does it have to be this hard? Virginie Vardyanavan, BBC News, Kutupalong refugee camp in Bangladesh. Well, as we've just heard there, Bangladesh is home to the world's largest refugee camp, hosting around a million Rohingya refugees who fled a brutal crackdown by Myanmar's military in 2017. Five years on, the camp is beset by overcrowding, squalid conditions and crime. To tackle some of these issues, the Bangladeshi authorities have relocated thousands uh, to refugees, uh, thousands of the refugees to a remote island in the Bay of Bengal. Uh, but the move has been criticized by the UN and rights groups on grounds of safety. Well, last week I sat down with Bangladesh's Prime Minister Sheikh Hasina and asked her about these concerns. Have a listen. Internationally, they praised you for bringing one million in a time of desperate need. The international community praised Bangladesh, they praised you for bringing these people here. What's happened five years on is that there's overcrowding, there's arson, there's violence. There have been attempts to move them to another island, but there's concern around the flooding in that island and that some Rohingya have attempted to, to flee. And I'm, very, I'm very sorry. Have you been there? Have you seen the island? How we developed that island for them? those who are living, how they are living, and those who are now going to that island, they're living in a better way. Because we, make, we made arrangement for 100,000 family. The house, high shelter, everything is there. Who told you that it is flooding? All are false. Those who didn't went there, they can say, but there is... So that the, island is not flood prone? No, of course, it is flood proof. There is the all embankment we build up. People are living there. Even they are, children are getting at least for school or healthcare or even actually the, their livelihood is better than this camp. It's a cramp place and that area, actually it was totally destroyed. All, our, all the plant and everything, it was a deep forest, but totally gone. And now they are fighting with each other. They are indulged in drug trafficking or human trafficking. So we wanted that either international community before bring this allegation, they should make sure that they should go back to their own country. Yes, and they should live a better life. You mean go back to Myanmar? Myanmar, yeah, of course. It is, they, they should go back to their own country. Do you, do you think, though, it's, is it safe for them to go there? Even the UN is saying it's not then safe. UN, they UN and, listen, UN and other organizations, they should take care of it. That, yes, in their own country, they are safe. It is their duty to do it not ours. When they suffered, 
we brought them to allow them to come to our country. We made all the arrangement for them. Forty thousand women were pregnant. We have to establish a field hospital, and we make sure that they get all the treatment, their food, everything. At the beginning, nobody come forward. It is Bangladesh people, people from our country. They came forward and they supported them. And the, in the island, that island is totally safe. And those who are living there, they are living in a better way. What about these repatriations back to, to Myanmar? The UN says that no one should be forced to, to return. We are hearing reports, the BBC, that a, a group of about 20 Rohingya were sent back to go and look at a facility to see if they could live there. Yes. And they have said that um, there were also junta leaders brought to the Cox's Bazaar. Yes. There was military junta from Myanmar who came to Cox's Bazaar. Yes. They to talk to, to them. To talk to them. Yeah. They've told human rights groups that they were lied to and deceived into meeting with these military junta by Bangladeshi authorities. No, I think, I, I don't know why they said they voluntarily they went there because their representative came, they talked to them, voluntarily they went there to see. Nobody tell lies, why we should tell lies? And tell me one thing, how long one country can bear this burden of 10 million, I mean 1 million people and day by day it is increasing. How long we can bear this burden? They should go back to their own country. And yes, voluntarily they went there to see the condition. We didn't force them. How are you going to deal with this? Well, we are asking the international community, the, the, like uh, this Human Rights Commission and UNO and other international organizations, they should make uh, room for these people to go back to their own country. It is their duty. They cannot put this burden forever on us. Already it is overpopulated country. And our common people, our local people, they are suffering. Do you feel supported by the international community on this matter? Yes, they are supporting us, but they couldn't make anything positive. That is the, uh, I mean, uh, unfortunate thing that Yes, they are, when we discuss with them, they support, yes, they should go back and this and that. But then they, they can't do anything in positive. Why? That is my question. Now, now, on humanitarian ground, we give shelter to this Rohingya people, right? It is for humanitarian ground, right? Yes. Now, tell me one thing. When we give shelter such a big community, big group, then how this international community blame us that we are violating human rights in our country? When we can give shelter to other people from other country, then why we should violate human rights of our own country? So all the Allegation is totally fabricated. I don't know why they are doing it. That is my question also. Why this allegation to Bangladesh time and again?